Hey legends, welcome along to the Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into an hour little episode about uh, Season 1 of The Angel, the spin-off to Buffy the Vampires there. This is a tasty little episode entitled I Will Remember You. And this is a continuation of the prior episode in Season 4 of Buffy where Angel went back to help her out after Doyle having a vision. So uh, this takes place right after he returns to LA and of course at the end of that episode of Buffy she found out that he was there uh, he doesn't know that at this point as far as he's concerned there's a few people seen him when he was there but uh, she herself didn't see him so he thought okay I've helped her out I've left heartbroken devastated as usual and returns to LA so at the beginning of the episode he's in his office and uh, he's uh, Waiting an antique clock on his desk and you know, he sets this pen on it and the pen starts to roll and uh, out on the, the outside of the office Doyle and Cordelia are keeping an eye on him and uh, she remarks that you know just because Angel doesn't show any signs of being down or depressed Doyle said he came back he said he was okay Cordelia she, she reckons you know just because he doesn't look depressed uh, just means it'll cut deeper than they thought and uh, yeah uh, they see him taking a stake out of his desk and of course they jump to conclusions they think he's going to stake himself and they run on to try to stop him but uh, he says you know I need this to balance my desk so that's why he was rolling the pen across it so he wedges the stake under it and uh, Cordelia starts to probe for details about his trip and uh, he's like, you know, I was there. She, nobody seen me. I stayed out of her way. Uh, yeah. So uh, Cordelia is like, you know, if my ex turned up and he was stalking me in the shadows and I didn't know he was there and he just left again, I'd be a little bit. Uh, and at this point, Buffy turns up in the doorway and she finishes off her sentence. Be a little bit upset. Wouldn't you? So opening credits. Uh, turns out Buffy's there to visit her father but she stopped by to demand an explanation for Jane Angel having went to Sunnydale and following her around behind her back uh, Angel's trying his best to apologise for the way he handled things but he remains convinced that he did the right thing and they conclude that they should stick to the original plan keeping their distance and hopefully through time they'll be able to forget about each other so as Buffy's about to leave, this demon busts through the window and attacks the two of them, uh, knocking Angel to the floor. Buffy manages to disarm the demon and starts fighting with him, allowing Angel to retrieve the sword that the, that the demon just dropped, and he plunges it into the demon's abdomen. So this demon escapes through the smashed window, and uh, yes, Buffy and Angel decide okay that was a bit rude we should go and kill it so they go off they're tracking down the demon through the sewers and uh, you know there's a lot of awkward chat about what happened between them their past and everything and uh, the angels kind of you know 
giving her a stick about her bringing a stick with her, you know, it's not a vampire, what did you bring that thing for anyway? And she's like, because I know how to use it. And it's a little bit more easier to carry than that battle axe that you have. So they're, they're down there, and they're tracking this demon. And, as I say, uh, Angel and Horror, they're in that awkward moment of, you know, the big romantic history that they have and everything that went down in season one and two of Buffy and season three, of course, as well. And, uh, yes, it's just awkward moment for the two of them, but Angel at one point says that he feels funny and, you know, Buffy takes us as, you know, it's, you know, he says he feels weird and, uh, you know, he touched the demon's blood that was against the wall, you know, traces of him in the sewers and he feels weird and she takes that from, you know, him maybe weird about the situation and the relationship and whatnot and she starts to get into this tirade about, you know, how awkward it is and blah, 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 but he's like, you know, I feel weird from the blood, that's powerful. So we do have this back and forth for a bit where they're uh, awkward and whatnot and Buffy suggests there's a, a ladder leading up into the street level and she's like, what if this demon went up? And it's under the daylight, of course, Angel can't follow. So uh, they decide to split up and uh, but Angel tells her there's there's a dive bar that some demons usually go to whenever they need patched up. So off she goes to track this demon on street level. Angel remains in the sewers, but very swiftly comes across this demon again. And they go to toe-to-toe. And Angel very swiftly slays the demon. Uh, at one point during the fight, he gets a gash on the palm of his hand. And when he kills the demon, he gets blood onto the hand that he has the gash on and the blood disappears into his bloodstream and he glistens with light and he realises that he now has a heartbeat and he's like, I'm alive. So back at the office, uh, Doyle and Cordelia have come back. They decided whenever Buffy originally turned up that they would clear off, give them a bit of time to themselves. And they did hear the fight commencing with the demon. But Cordelia brushed it off as well. It's just the Buffy and Angel show. First of all, they talk their problems out and then they fight the problems out. So they left when they do come back. The office, of course, the window's broken. That's a mess. There's stuff everywhere. And there's this pile of dust on the floor. And Cordelia's like, oh my goodness, she killed him. And uh, she's like, oh, that's my bad. It's just some dust that didn't brush under the rug so Angel appears in the office through the front door on full daylight Cordelia guesses that Angel bought himself an umbrella to shield him but Doyle works it out that Angel's alive and you know after briefly standing and sunlight streaming through the windows Angel realises his incredible desire for food and demolishes the contents of the office fridge and a pretty funny moment in the episode where he just, he's binging and he's like just eating everything and the go um, so yeah, trying to figure out what to do next, Angel sends Cordelia to call Buffy off the hunt but asks her not to mention what's happened to him until they can work out why it's happened so Doyle 
pages through the reference book and angel identifies a Mara demon while angel moves back to the window uh, this time to look at his reflection the glass Doyle reads that the Mara demon which incidentally needs great quantities of salt water or salt to survive angel he comments it was heading towards the, the ocean salt water Doyle reads that the demon uh, eh, works for the other side to take out warriors for good like Angel and Buffy and the reference also states that they, Mara's veins run with the blood of eternity so they work it out this is, this is what's happened uh, Angel becomes determined to ask the powers that be why Doyle cautions Angel that they cannot be questioned directly but it must be approached through channels um, Doyle also says at one point, you know, I thought the only way you could return to human is if they, the powers stepped in. To which Angel's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that you're not telling me everything. Uh, Doyle is like, well, I'm not. We're both on a need-to-know basis here. But Angel's like, I need to know. We need to work this out. What's happening? So, uh, yeah. Uh, where are we at? Lost my place in my notes again. I need to stop looking at the mic. There's no point in me looking at the damn mic, is there? But yeah, these oracles have to be approached. Uh, Angel demands access and Doyle takes him to see the oracles and using the spell to gain entry to their realm through the gateway for lost souls. Um, Angel was to bring a gift, an offering to them. And of course, this is the one thing that Doyle forgot to tell him. And... Uh, he takes his wristwatch off and one of the oracles takes it and she's like, I love time, you know, there's so much and so little of it. So they get into it about what happened and uh, the oracles pretty much tell him, you know, it is what it is, sort of a thing. If it happened, it was meant to happen and you're released from uh, your duty to the powers that be. And uh, of course now this angel gets thrown back out of the realm. And uh, yeah, uh, he's not happy with Doyle because Doyle forgot to tell him to bring an offering. Uh, time didn't move from Doyle's perspective. Uh, he, he, as soon as angel comes back out through the portal, Doyle is like, it didn't work. This is just, you went on this instant. But uh, time obviously works different there the minute or so. Angel was in there, just there's nothing as a time change to Doyle. So essentially, he's free of everything. Uh, we cut over to Buffy, she's in the sunlit garden path, she's gazing out at the ocean, and she turns around and she sees Angel striding towards her, and he takes her in his arms and they embrace and they kiss. And uh, back at the offices, Cordelia brings Doyle up to speed about the, the forbidden love of all time between Angel and Buffy, you know, the, uh, you know, nothing good can come from this, you know, suffering and fighting, that's all work as usual, but whenever they start to get groiny with each other, they, that's the end of the world as we know it, sort of a deal, and they, uh, Doyle, he's like, well, you know, he's not cursed anymore, and, you know, who says they're they're down and has uh, the offices below the offices there's uh, an apartment for Angel Buffy and Ham have been down there for hours on the end and uh, you know 
dies like you know, he just who says they're down there doing anything like that sort of deal. But we cut down and they're having tea and uh, they're having the big conversation about what to do next with each other. Angel is kind of playing it safe, although Buffy, though she doesn't say it, clearly wants something to happen here. But Angel's trying to play the the grown up in this matter. He's like, you know, um, who's to say I'm not still cursed, sort of thing. You know, what if we got together and something like that happened again? It'd be better to wait, play it out, see how it, it works, and you know, if this human thing takes or whatnot. And she's not that not happy at all because she's like, you know, that's a good job I didn't fantasize like a million times that you're going to turn to human because they would be a huge letdown. So they are going to leave it kind of the way it was, you know. They'll stay away from each other for a bit, but they'll keep in contact. Um, maybe somewhere down the line they'll get together again and do whatever. But the lust gets the better of the two of them. And they end up getting groiny with each other. So they spend quite a bit of time at each other, let's just say. So uh, as we're cutting back to Cordelia and Doyle, they're at a bar and they're having drinks and they're wondering if they're out of a job and uh, Doyle's like, well, you know, I'm happy for Angel, you know, he's human now, if it gets me off the hook with the powers that be as well, all the better. But he suddenly has a vision and he returns to Angel's place to report that the Mara demon has unexpectedly regenerated itself. Of course, you kind of seen this coming, it's got the, the blood of eternity flowing in its veins. So this thing's come back, bigger and meaner than ever, and Doyle joins Angel for another hunt, su- suggesting that they include the Slayer to provide some supernatural muscle. But Angel, tripping over my words already, Angel believes that his being human will never work unless he can stand and fight demons on his own. So the research includes the Mars vulnerabilities on the way, Angel and Doyle, Managed to track the demon to a nearby salt refinery where it ambushes them, knocks Doyle unconscious with a pretty much a single kick and starts to severely thrash Angel. While this is going on, Buffy has woken up. Whenever they left, she was asleep and uh, Doyle's like, you don't want to wake the girl? And Angel's like, you know, not for the world, more or less. So she wakes up in Angel's bed. He's not there and forces Cordelia to tell her what's happening. And she finds, she goes off on the hunt as well, and she finds Angel and the Mara Demon at the bottom of an empty salt silo. Jumps down on there, takes over the fight, and while the the demon uh, goes over all these prophecies about dark hordes and the end of days and whatnot, Angel, even though now he's human, he still has a lot of intelligence and uh, history of hunting demons and just fighting their weaknesses and whatnot. He realizes that there's a jewel on the demon's forehead, and he remembers that destroying its thousand eyes—that's the clue that they got—bring darkness to a thousand eyes. We'll stop it, and he's like, you know, he instructs us there. Buffy smashes the forehead jewel, and the demon fractures and shatters, and that's it gone. So. In the quiet, now Buffy kneels down and gathers the battered angel in his hands. So uh, 
you knew where this was going from the beginning of the episode. It was just interesting to see how they were going to get there. So Angel returns to the oracles and he asks about the things that the Mara Demon had said about the, the coming of the Dark Hordes and the end of the days of he remains human. Uh, Buffy will face the minions of darkness alone and die much sooner according to the uh, oracles. You know, that's, that's the the way of things, you know, we live and we die, but unfortunately for the Slayer, a lot sooner than most. So Angel asks the oracles to take back his life. And at first they refuse to interfere in matters of love between lower beings. But Angel argues there's uh, larger issues at stake. Uh, the Moir Demon came to take a warrior from the good side, and that's exactly what he did. And uh, the oracles uh, decide that Angel's willingness to sacrifice happiness and love qualifies him as a higher being, but that his request to give his life can only be granted if the entire day is erased from time. Although Angel alone would have to remember it all in order to prevent the circumstances from repeating themselves. So he returns back to his apartment. Uh, Angel tells Buffy that he has been to see the oracles to ask to become a vampire again. And that they granted as a request. And uh, that's a tasty, tasty little moment in the episode. Uh, she goes through disbelief, anger, rejection, then grieves upon learning that time actually remains to them and that she will have, she'll have no memory of what happened. The only person that's going to remember everything is Angel. And uh, she says, how long have we got? And he's like, another minute. Um, you know, the two of them, they're crying and they kiss as the final seconds click past and they're holding each other and Buffy repeats that she will never forget, never forget, I'll never forget. It's a great, great moment in the episode and her delivery on the lines and the emotion she puts into it is actually really damn good at the end of this episode. So there's a flash, time folds back to the moment at the beginning of the episode in Angel's office when Buffy told him but sticking to the plan, keeping their distance, uh, Angel responds again that they should do so and Till they forget. And as Buffy's turning to leave, the Mara Demon busts through the window. Angel picks up an antique clock from his desk and uh, ducks the demon's first kick, uh, steps inside its first sword thrust, and he smashes the uh, jewel on the demon's forehead. And of course, there's a flashlight and that explodes and disappears. And Buffy asks, how Angel's able to destroy the demon so decisively and Angel says that he's had a lot of time to catch up on his reading uh, Buffy says well that's all there really is to say so Angel turns to look down at the damaged clock that he had hit the demon with and he agrees and when he turns back she's already left and we cut through the credits end of episode tasty tasty episode do you have to say enjoyed this a lot and I just Watching this again, I don't know, I've said this a few times for a different podcasts on Buffy and Angel, that it just it seems so weird that this was so long ago 
with this series actually ram it feels i don't know like i was born in 1979 so i was in my 20s when this was out 1999 this came out uh mid 20s or so and uh yeah for some reason right now this is 20 what 24 years or so ago now and you know i still feel like the 90s were just a couple of years ago it's crazy but tasty tasty little episode that uh i'm glad that they did this episode just to uh show you what would happen if the two heroes of the franchise actually got what they wanted out of life and uh very very well done i do like now i have to say shows that have that little time twist at the at some point and like science fiction does it quite a bit and nearly every science fiction series you'll watch now there'll be a lot of time travel sort of episodes and um this was handled very very well um another series that was very good for doing it was uh star trek so if you're interested in a star trek podcast i do indeed have one of those as well it is called scheme me up body and there will be an episode coming of that very soon as well so if you're into that nonsense get over and check that out but as far as this podcast episode goes we're at the end i hope you enjoyed it and i will talk to you on the next one this has been a production of coins age media thank you so much for listening